Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I'll go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to Man You Know on Twitter as JeppaDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. A couple of things before we get into this podcast. Jeez, we've had some injuries over the preseason so far, haven't we? Yeah, it's been pretty diabolical, my friend. Um, and a couple that I had in my team. So it's we're already adjusting, and we're still five weeks out. Yeah. Uh, we're going to look at the Premium Defenders podcast for this. Um, so my first question to you here is, do you think we have enough premium defender options to start the season? And what's that, what's that sort of, what are you gauging in your thoughts of where we sit at with regards to how many premium defenders are going to be starting? Yeah, well, it's, it's easily the hardest line for me to, to pin down and narrow in on. Um, probably got a bit cocky of, you know, at the start of the season with who was available and I was pretty assured. But as the preseason's gone on, we've had injuries, like we said, and a few uncertain roles, even role movements that it might equal fantasy scores or not. So, yeah, a bit of unknown in the defensive line and a lot to play out. Yeah, certainly. And we're going to get into a couple of those as well. So, um, yeah, definitely some impact on the defender line. I'm pretty comfortable where I sit with, with who I'm targeting. Uh, only a handful, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that I know where my target's going to be. Uh, but, yeah, we just want to shore up uh, exact, exact role um, heading into the season and if there's any other players that we can consider. Alrighty, so we are talking AFL Fantasy season-long classic mode. This discussion is a pre-season premium defender podcast. This podcast is being recorded for you on Tuesday night, February 7. And, of course, the news is being crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. So you'll see a different design on the website this year. Um, Not every update is being posted on social media. So you're going to have to go in and have a look around if you think there is player news uh, available for your player that you're interested in. Alrighty, the content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand, and that has been quite evident over recent times. All right, Jeff, let's get into it. So premium defenders, 700K or above. Uh, our first player, Sam Doherty, so 977K, starting average at 110.4. Uh, so he's going to be a halfback role or mid role. So Zach Williams does his ACL, unfortunately, and that could sort of impact where Doherty is going to start the season. At this stage, I think Sam Walsh is about... Five weeks, maybe, into the season at this stage. That's probably optimistic at this stage for him to return, and that could potentially mean that Doherty does actually go back at that time of the year. So are you considering Sam Doherty at this stage of the pre-season or not? Oh, for sure. No, definitely. He um, He's durable. Uh, he's a leader of the football club. They want the ball in his hands, which is obviously a big positive. But um, I'm not worried too much about 
the change in role or the the um the dual role so to speak between halfback and midfield I still think he'll score well uh, it's just these price isn't it and is it worth seeking value in the defensive line or pay up for Doherty and seek value in other lines um, at the minute it seems like a sensible pick but um, yeah there could be some advantages because he's quite expensive yeah certainly consideration for me I, I agree with you I'm not uh, fussed with midfield or halfback I'd actually prefer halfback because you know if the, the blue is a little bit weaker in that midfield that means potentially a few more inside 50s conceded and that'll be in the range of Sam Doherty extra plus sixes there so it's certainly consideration there for me already next one Jack Sinclair 911k 102.9 starting average so he'll play a halfback role um, he's he's probably going to get targeted by opposition teams throughout the year um, but that's probably most of these sort of quarterback type defenders there coming off halfback. The one thing that we've really got to take into consideration here is that St Kilda are going to play a faster play speed. Faster speed. Yeah, do you yeah. think he can average that 102.9 to start the season? Are you considering Jack Sinclair? Yeah. No, I am. Um, you know, he proved last season his ceiling and his consistent ability to get the footy. It's just the game style, like you said. So St Kilda are actually the second highest um, fantasy scoring team per average or on average um, last year. So now what does that do with Ross? Is there a slight tweak in the game style that avoids those plus sixes behind the ball um, or in D50? So that there's going to be a little bit of a regression there regardless. And when there, whenever there is that indicator, I tend to stay away. Next one here is Jordan Dawson. So it'll be a half-back type role. He can move up into the wing, even go half-forward or even inside mid there. So outside midfield, an option there as well. Um, so 100.9 is his starting average, 893k. So again, half-back, mid, half-forward, any one of those. Um, the one thing that stuck out with me with regards to the coaching staff at Adelaide is that, that they'll push uh, Dawson forward when they need to need to chase the scoreboard. So if you think Adelaide are going to be a little bit better this year, he might spend a lot more time at half-back. So for me, it's, it, it is a consideration for Jordan Dawson. How about you, Jeff? No, definitely, again, I think he went well above expectations in his first year at the Crows. The thing is, his first tag, and um, and like, yourself, like you said, he's the utility where needed, so his role and scoring is, is a little volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're that good a footballer like he is, you still attract the footy and, and the scores come up, but nevertheless, it's probably one you can jump on later. Um, with that, uh, if the timing's right. So it's likely what I'm going to do. On to the next one. So Angus Brayshaw, 878k, 99.2 starting. So what we do know uh, before a couple of days ago is that uh, Brayshaw was going into the middle of the ground. So Lockie Hunter comes into a wing, and we know we have Ed Langdon on the other wing for Melbourne. So that's safe for us, unless there's an injury there that Brayshaw has to go on the outside. Um, inside midfield will be the go. Unfortunately, Christian Salem has an uh, injury thyroid type concern. So just a bit of knowledge on this and time frame for Salem is that he's had this previously like six or seven years ago and it was like a four-month situation. So um, there's there's now potential that Brayshaw could be headed back. Uh, Thomas Barrow has been impressing over pre-season, so they might want to integrate him more so into the midfield. I'm not saying that's a situation, but that's potentially we're looking at a fluid situation that Brayshaw can go half-back or midfield. 
either either. This is this is like the Doherty roll. I'm not fussed either either. As long as it's not wing, uh, I am all good for Brayshaw uh, playing halfback or mid. Hopefully he sit, sits inside midfield because we know he has a high ceiling. So it is a consideration still for me, Angus Brayshaw. Yeah, me too. I, I'm pretty big on him just because uh, the D's play that fantasy-friendly style, for one. The role is fantasy-friendly again, whether it's midfield or halfback for him. Um, and he's never going to be a taggerist, is he? So no, no. he's ticking a lot of boxes. I think he's guaranteed top six defender. There's a little bit of value there, probably not enough for, for some that are fussy. But, you know, when we're trying to nip down on and picking these uh, primos, like we said, the defender lines are the hardest. I just feel like he's a safe pick. Yeah, I, I don't know too sure about your thoughts here, but for me, um, every premium option that we choose, no matter which line, uh, they don't have to be enormous value for me. Your thoughts there? Yeah, no, that I agree with that comment, but at the same time, we don't want to be overpaying on it, on every primo that we pick. Um, so we, we've got to find the value here and there, and there are exceptions to the rule, you know. Um, Doherty is just one we mentioned. He's probably well, doesn't present any value, really, um, but we're still likely to pick him because he's a sure thing. I'll probably pose this another way. We just can't have a fail. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, that's exactly right. So when, when we're on the back foot and burning trades on primos that didn't work out, we get behind. Other coaches steam ahead and, and get ahead, and before you know it, you're uh, 400, 500 points off um, the top 100. Yep. On to the next one. So James Sisley, 854K, 96.5 starting average. Intercept defender type. I'm pretty sure that would be the case there. We know he has gone forward previously, so Mitch Lewis sort of range comes into it here. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's locked into that halfback intercept defender type role. The one thing that we really need to take note of here is Hawthorne are in a development stage and they're in a very big development stage. So, you know, it's not just Sicily that multiple roles could change throughout the year. So just got to keep that in mind with that developing team. Um, so for me, if he's at that intercept defender type role um, all year and Hawthorne, again, they're developing, um, they're potentially, and that, they got rid of Mitchell and O'Meara, so there's a potential to concede a stack of inside 50s. Then their inside 50 differential could be through the roof here. So if that's the case, you've got to imagine that's right in the range of Sicily. Uh, he's a big consideration for me. Yeah, me too. Um, I think with the ball coming in D50 so much, it's going to suit Sicily as long as he's still taking the kick-ins. I think I'm a goer with him to start the season. Alex Witherden, 844K, 95.4 starting average, halfback role. Jeff, quite honestly, uh, is he best best 22-23? I am not convinced. He'll be in the mix. But, yeah, the, I mean, if we're asking that question at this stage of pre-season, uh, that's a big risk here for me. Yeah, he's, he's not in the best 22, in my opinion. Um, we've got a lot of halfbacks, and now with the addition of the rotation of... Jinbi, Yo, and Shui, yep. it's um, it's just a no-go. So, yeah, pass for Witherden. Yeah, massive pressure there. Um, and obviously a hunt coming into that team as well. Already um, in, into that squad as well. On to the next one. So Tom Stewart, 836K, uh, 94.5 starting average. I think there's a little bit of value here. Intercept defender type. Um, now, for me, Geelong have stacked their... Um, home games at GMHBA Stadium at the back end of the year because they're renovating that final part of the um, the northern stand there. I believe it's northern stand there. So um, 
a lot of games away from their home ground early in the season. Now, if you for the stats guys, stats girls, if you want to look at the uh, splits for Stewart at, at his home ground, they are quite strong at the home ground. So I'll be targeting Stewart midway through the year. Hopefully he doesn't go off early. Uh, if that's the case, um, he, he might be difficult to catch if you were uh, fading him at round one. So for me, it's a, a strong consideration. I hope I don't have to go early on Stewart. Yeah, he's, he's a bit scary when he's got that high ceiling, doesn't he? So we get a bit telly as coaches when we're missing out on these 150s, 160s. There's, there's sometimes two where it just didn't work out for him. He got concussed in, I think it was the last game of the season or second last game of the season last year as well before going or likely to go big. So he's one I like because I'm a bit that big advocate to picking players with high ceilings. Um yeah, whether it's now or later, the jury's out a bit on that. Yeah, it's a consideration for me for sure. Alrighty, next one, Shannon Hearn had, Shannon Hearn had a very, very good season last year. So 828K, 93.6 intercept defender type. Now, the one thing here, Jeff, is that we really need to pay attention to what happened to West Coast last year. And obviously it was a very poor year. Injuries impacted, COVID impacted the fitness, and they were just beyond the eight ball, and that season was a disaster. So you've got to take into consideration what happened here with West Coast last year. They considered a stack of inside 50s, and that played in that, into the hands of the defenders, extra fantasy points there. So um, I think West Coast are going to get a spike in performance here. So that's potential for uh, a pretty decent inside 50 differentials. So there could be a bit of a shave off from points point of view from Shannon Hearn. So he is not a consideration for me. Uh, your thoughts there, Jeff? Yeah, no, the, the West Coast will manage him through the year too. Um, he's 35 years of age, Pete. So there's no way he's playing 22 games. I don't think it's a wise pick. We just can't be burning trades at any point in the year. Next one, Mitch Duncan, 820K, uh, 92.7. Possibly value here as well. Halfback midfield, outside midfield, so he's quite versatile there as well. Uh, for me, I'm not considering Duncan early. A bit of a limited pre-season there as well you need to take into consideration. Uh, Geelong are going to start to rank, ramp up their entry club matches, so we'll get an indication of um, not only Duncan but other roles that we need to see flush out before the start of round one. So is consideration Mitch Duncan for you, Jeff, or not? No, no not with the interrupted pre-season, and he's always had a soft tissue uh, history. So... Yeah, you can't do it to start the year, but definitely one to monitor. Dan Houston, 8.15k, 92.1 halfback role. He is scheduled for... Uh, this is a consideration here for me. Um, I think this could be quite decent. Uh, we know he has been volatile previously, but I think if he locks into that halfback role, uh, I think it could be quite decent scoring. So he is actually a consideration for me. Yeah, me too, in a big way, I must admit. Um I've heard Hinkley been quoted before over the years that Houston's the best kick in the team. So they obviously value the ball in his hands. Um, we just got to see it in a defined role, don't we? We just want to see him play the pure quarterback at, mm-hmm. at halfback. And, um, yeah, look, although Eamon's never played halfback, he's, he's played wing a lot and, and got a stack of inside 50s from that position. So... How does that spread out? Is it Bonner just playing on a wing and, and it's like for like there, or does Houston take more of the rain? Uh, let's watch closely in pre-season and make a judgment call after that. Next one, Jake Lloyd. Obviously, this one's over the last couple of years. They've changed their game style and not hanging on to the ball as much across half-back. That is impacted on Lloyd's scores. 
807k, 901.2. I think it's about right for Lloyd, uh, that price, and halfback type role again. So he's not going to be a consideration for me to start Real Manager. No, he couldn't be. Uh, I don't think there's much upside in, in picking Lloyd to start the season. Yeah, like you said, he's probably going to end up around that price come year end. Next one, Isaac coming. So 802k, 90.6 intercept defender type. Now, this is the same situation pretty much with West Coast. You know, obviously they had a coaching change last year at GWS, and the Giants had a really poor inside 50 differential um, last year. So I think that's going to be corrected. Now, Adam Kingsley wants new coach, wants to play a front-half speed type game. So you've got to imagine, you know, if they're strong around the ball in the midfield, they're not going to concede as many uh, inside 50s last year. And and once, once Leon Cameron shifted last year, that was a pretty dull, boring game plan. They're just hanging on to the ball. And that's where you send the scores for Harry Himmelberg just go off because they were just happy just to chip it around. So I don't think there's uh, much value starting with coming here at round one. And it might be about right his price, so 90.6 there again. Uh, so it's not a consideration for me that round one, round one chip. Yeah, me neither. And it's only because I think they're going to play both coming and Wheatfield behind the ball a little bit as the distributors. So, yeah, coming to, to improve on his current price and current average is unlikely. Next one, Nick Floston for Richmond, 798k, 90.2. You know, he can get a lot of ball up on the wing, but he'll settle behind the ball there as well. But he's not a consideration for me, Jeff. No, I mean either short moving back to a half-back role as well is going to take some ball or well, a little bit, enough to notice in fantasy. So, yeah, it's a pass. Next one, 797k for Aaron Hall, 90.1, a little bit of an injury interrupted pre-season at this stage. He'll play that half-back role. He'll be, a, I presume, he's going to be a bit of a distributor. But uh, new coach in there, Clarko's got him really on song here. Um, I don't think it's going to be hanging on to the ball and conceding as many inside 50s. And they were poor under Noble. They were just conceding inside 50s like it was they were just giving him away. Um, so I think his average will flatten out a little bit, and I don't think we're going to see uh, consistent high-ceiling games. And he's got injury history left, right, and centre with Aaron Hall. So there's big risk here for me. Uh, he's not a consideration for me at round one, Jeff. No, no, me neither. As soon as the uh, interrupted preseason occurred, I think it's an Achilles issue, although North Melbourne haven't come out and stated anything. I think that's enough to scare most of us away. Next one, Bailey Dale, 797k, 90.1 half back roll. Now, if Caleb Daniel is going into this midfield jab, you've got to imagine, you know, if Ed Richards is back off the half half back running, running gun top style, Bailey Dale is going to be amongst that as well. Similar type role. If Caleb Daniel is going into that midfield, uh, that could be open season for halfback points for Dale. He did score quite well last year. Um, I, and I think I just over pre-season, I've been thinking, you know, that the dogs are, are pretty sure now with their key defenders and key forwards. So I think they can, you know, stop this uh, handball around top game style and go more direct uh, because they've got a stack of depth now at those key Positions, so that might change up their game style a little bit. So you just want to might want to consider how the Bulldogs play, and we only see them in one preseason game this year. They've opted not to play the second, so we're only going to get a brief look at them. So um, for me, if if that Daniel is going to the midfield, that's potential for Dale to take over as the like quarterback type halfback. So definitely a really is a big watch here for me on um, Bailey Dale. And it's definitely a consideration. Yeah, me too. I um. 
the Caleb Daniel move has a positive effect on Dale. We know that. Although, you know, they they have um, other distributors in that back half. But nevertheless, Dale takes the kick-ins. There's been – well, there were games where he had 30-plus possessions last season. We all know he's not a big tackler. But nevertheless, um, he's pretty consistent above 85. So, yeah, that natural improvement as a footballer, and he's uh, pretty durable too, so a lot to like. Next one, Hayden Young, 776K, 87.7 his starting price, and that's in points. Intercept defender type role. I think he'll be the main distributor, intercept defender, everything you want to see. Um, out of defender in fantasy, and uh, the Dockers, through Justin Longmuir, haven't really committed to a speed type game, so I think that plays into the hand of Fio defenders and uh, maybe even their mids as well. That you know they might be just hang on to the ball a little bit at certain stages of the games. So he is a big consideration for me, Jeff. Yeah, me too. Um, I must admit he's not been really been on my radar till I went down to Fio training a week or so back, and wow. He um he looks powerful. His balance, his core strength, his movement, obviously he's kicking, and he's commanding on the play as well. So big year for him. I um yeah, like I said, I'd never considered him until after I watched him live training and um, in those map sims. And uh, yeah, he's found his way in my team. Whether he's there round one, still a lot to play out, but. It wouldn't surprise me if um, there was the odd forward tag on Hayden Young, but nevertheless, I think he's a wise pick. Next one, Nick Dacoff. So we're going to see some midfield um, usage this season, and he can just run all day. Um, I'm not like he he can get targeted by opposition teams, but he can just run all day and just be part of the action. So I'm not really concerned about any type of tag. 769k. 86.9 average. I think there's a, I think there's pretty generous value here. Uh, and for halfback midfield top role, he's a big consideration to start for me at Ramon. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of him. I um, I'm not buying in too much into the midfield role just yet. So I just think it's part of pre-season in terms of getting in training and and movement of the footy. From the footages I've seen of Collingwood trainings, it's as long as he's maintaining that link play where he handball receives, kick mark, all that jazz, he's going to tick the boxes for. Fantasy Last year, in his first year, there was a period where he looked a bit tired um, and regressed, and I don't think that's going to happen in his second year, and he's he's a really good pick, in my opinion. Yeah, you don't really have to see his strong set of bounces here, even. I, I wouldn't have thought nah, that. because Because he can start in that halfback line and just, you know, just be part of ball transition. You know, and, and the transition from D50 to F50, man, if he could easily touch it three or four or five times. So and that's what we want, and I think that's the role that he's going to play at for Dacus this year. Big consideration for me. Next one, Caleb Daniel. So I mentioned him earlier with regards to Bailey Dale. So 768k, 86.8 starting average. So the potential for midfield here. We know Dunkley went out, draws back into training uh, this week, thankfully, and Bailey Smith is back into training there as well. So if he's the um, Dunkley replacement, you've got to see, expect him to see a lot of, um, not maybe a lot, but a quite a decent sprinkling of centre bounces there. Not too sure what it's going to do, do to his average and whether he goes to half back there as well. So maybe it's a combination of both. Um, I actually want to see what they do in the pre-season game. Um, again, there's only, only going to see the Bulldogs once. 
So uh, hopefully Bevo just gives us what he's got. So 768K is not a consideration for me. I just need to see a hell of a lot what is going on with Daniels Roger. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. We we can't jump to any conclusions just because he's playing midfield. It, you know, it doesn't equate to really high scores for everyone. Um, let's see what he produces. Let's see how comfortable he is in his new role before uh, jumping on. Next one, Brandon Ellis, 761k86 average, and he's likely to play outside wing type role for Gold Coast. Uh, certainly not a consideration here for me. No, I am big on Brandon Ellis. He's another player with a high ceiling, and it looks like the Suns are lacking a few halfbacks with injuries at the moment, so he might get some free ball behind the play. Um, yeah, no, he's one I'm monitoring, and I think he presents value at 761000 for sure. Yeah, Gold Coast are pretty sharp moving ball uh, usage team, so they want to get that ball inside forward 50 uh, quite uh, quick. So outside wing type role, yeah, it might be a bit of an issue with regards to volatility there as well. Already on to Luke Ryan, 756k, price at 85.4. So intercept uh, defender, key defender type role. I think there's too volatile, and for me, I'm just looking at Hayden Young there for me, so not consideration there for me, Jeff. Yes, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I don't think there's much improvement coming from Ryan this year. On to Mason Redmond, so 754k, 85.2 price stat. Similar type role to Luke Ryan, so intercept defender and can go as a key defender there as well. Uh, this is one player, actually, I'm interested to see his role. Um, obviously, um, a couple of other defenders in there at the Bombers as well, but Dyson Heppel is apparently moving out to a wing, so does that sort of open up some points there for Redmond? So interested to see how he goes over pre-season games and what his scoring rate there as well. So I'll just put him as a little bit of a consideration here. Yeah, I think I'm bigger than him on him, sorry, than you are, mate. He's he's a unique option that hits scores of 143, 139, 133 and 125 last year. So like you said, Heppel moving out is... McGrath more the line break and Redmond the, the you know that quarterback deliverer um, remains to be seen so he's high on my watch list and I think you know green ticks so far. Next one here Daniel Rich so he's lost a little bit of weight over preseason apparently 747k 84.4 half back he should be the main distributor for Brisbane there as well um, not really considering him but his score should be decent and I think he's a little bit of value there so no consideration me for me, Jeff, No, none for me either. His, his age, you know, he he's their main distributor from the back line, but the emergence of Coleman and others is, it's, yeah, it's not looking good for Rich to improve, is it? Next one here, Liam Duggan, 740k, 83.6 price that. So you consider defence halfback type role. Um, so there's going to be some players there that are going to demand some ball across halfback. So it's certainly not a consideration for me. No, me neither. I think he's also a bit of a utility. He might go into the midfield for little stints, but he'll just be too volatile for him to get any set position. I think he adds his most value in the in the back line for sure with his toughness and line breaking ability, but that doesn't equate to big fantasy scores. Next one, Dyson Heppel, 739k, 83.5. As I said just earlier, uh, apparently moving up onto Wingwell. Get a little bit of a look at the Bombers upcoming. So, uh, but his age and where he's at with his career are certainly not a consideration for me. Yeah, and he doesn't really command the footy. Like last year, even being the leader of the team, he doesn't 
command that footy in his hand like a you know an enthusiastic Nick Dacos would as probably the other extreme. So yeah, I just um it's time for the new generation to come through for the Bombers, and unfortunately Heffel's going to be not part of that. Next one, Secretary Geelong, 734K, 82.9. Similar type role to last year, we presume halfback, but certainly no consideration for me. Yeah, he's never really shown that he can be an accumulator, so I don't think he's a worthy fantasy selection, mate. Adam Sard, 725K, 81.9. Doherty goes down. He should be playing that halfback role as as there, but he's a running gun type, so he's not really that distributor. He's a meters gain type player, so no consideration for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's an impact player, not an accumulator. Can't pick him for fantasy. Jordan Clark, 722k, 81.6. He's priced at halfback. Uh, can go up into wing there as well, but he's a meters type gain there player as well. He can score at a pretty decent rate when he gets going, but I just think there's too much inconsistency there for me. And again, Hayden Young's the player there for me at Frio, so uh, it's no consideration here. Yeah, Frio want him to break the lines a lot, so he's not susceptible to that mark-kick game as much as others are in the Frio team, even though he plays at Optus. So with that at the forefront of, of his role, I think it's better to pick Young. Andrew McGrath, Essendon, 719k, 81.2, halfback type role. Can play as a midfielder, but he's going back, obviously, too many mids there at Essendon, so it's going to be quite busy in that uh, centre bounce midfield region. He goes to half back. Um, you know, Heppel going out of there, you know, does Andrew McGrath become this quarterback for Essendon? I know we spoke about Redmond earlier, and we've got a few others that we want to have a look at that Essendon defence, but uh, in his junior career, Andrew McGrath, he used to rack up disposals left, right, and centre, so I just wonder if he's that now that main distributor. He'll be a bit of a watch over process and see where that lands for me. A bit of a consideration here for me uh, because he has previously been able to accumulate at a high rate in his junior career. Let's see if that happens at a halfback across the Bombers this season under new senior coach Brad Scott. So a little bit of a consideration here for me. Uh, if my reading on this is right, Pete, I think McGrath's going to be the line breaker and Redmond will be more distributor. Obviously, we've got to see it in in real time and in the preseason games, but that's my read on it. And again, a bit like Jordan Clark, I, I'm not going to go near McGrath if he's going to be a linebreaker type player. Yeah, you've got Hine back there as well, maybe in that role. So, yeah, but just one thing we need to have to have a look at in preseason games where that settles. Next one here, Harry Himmelberg, 708k, a price at 80, intercept defender type and also a forward type. So, um, Adam Kingsley uh, recently said this week that, you know, they really haven't locked in a, a role for Himmelberg. And that sort of questions raises a big question to me and pr- probably provides a really big answer for us is that, you know, if they really haven't committed to a role for Himmelberg at this stage, you know, that might be the same question they're asking themselves in March, April, May, June, July, August. So therefore, that's potential volatility. And we know he's actually versatile, can play forward or back. So therefore, we've got injuries. He can possibly go forward to cover there as well. So uh, I know his value in his screen is very defensive situation here for what he put up from points last year. But as I mentioned earlier with Isaac coming, the Giants actually considered a stack of inside 50s. They were really poor last year when Leon Cameron left the building. So they, they're going to improve front half top game. I don't even think of Himmelberg's at defenders. We're going to see these really high ceiling plus sixes everywhere top game because that's the game that they don't want to play. So this, I understand the value if, he, if he's been named defence that everyone will look for and potentially people are going to click on it. But I am going nowhere near this one. Jeff, thoughts? Yeah, me neither. There's been talk about him playing forward with Cadman not quite ready and 
it's a shame because if he was all set at half-back, I think he can be an all-Australian centre-half-back, personally. But um, And a bit like Steve May, he could even take kick-ins. He's generally a pretty good kick, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen this year. We might look to him next year. Yeah, they've got a stack of half-backs and intercept defenders at the Giants. Yeah, so true. I, I don't even think... Like, he's not going back there for, for depth issues. They've got a stack already. So, for me, I'm not going anywhere near this. But it'll be interesting to see if he's named or if he plays at the halfback. One preseason game, this is what we've got to look at. If he's playing at halfback there, I just wonder how much ownership he's going to sort of um, be... Like, a lot of people be attracted to that sort of type role. So, for, but for me, if, even if I say that, I'm going nowhere near it. Alrighty, next one, last one here for the Premier Defenders. We're looking at uh, players priced over 700k here. So it's Ryan Burton, 704k, priced at 79.5. Your halfback role, you can get a lot of ball up on the wing there as well. But I'm not considering this one, yet. No, I don't, I don't think, you know, he's never really proven a fantasy game in his career to date. So what's going to change now, especially with Houston more defined as a halfbacker and better kick of the footy? So, yeah, pass. All right. Final thoughts on the premium defenders before we hit practice matches, Jeff? Just, yeah, just keep an eye on it. I think it's the hardest line. I think it's a line where you can still probably pick three primos, but, you know, there's quite a few teams I've seen out there on the socials that only have two primos, which is interesting. Um, I've always been an advocate for a well-balanced team. So, yeah, let's see how the preseason plays out, get those roles defined from each of our watch list players and, and go from there. Alrighty, that's it for this podcast. We'll catch you on the next podcast, which will be Premium Forwards. Uh, thanks for listening in, Jeff. Thanks, guys.